right, guys. Well, good morning, church. Happy Father's Day, dads. Amen. Happy Father's Woo-hoo. Day. It's his favorite day of the year. I, you know, there's, I mean, I love Christmas, of course. I love Easter. I love my birthday. But man, do I love Father's Day. I just, I'm blessed with a beautiful family, and I just love Father's Day. It means so much to me just because I've had, you know, in my own personal experience, I have a wonderful relationship with my Heavenly Father, and I have a wonderful relationship with my Earthly Father. I know that's not everybody has those two situations in their life, and that's our prayer today. Our prayer is that we have an experience with our Heavenly Father today, and that there will begin to be a path of reconciliation, if that's possible, with your earthly father as well today. And so we're just excited about Father's Day. We're excited about everything that God has in store for us. Got anything else? Okay, guys, stand with me today. We've got uh, a scripture we're going to say together as a call to worship out of Isaiah 25. And it's just verse 1, and we're going to say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you're going to do today. Thank you that you are our Father. Thank you, Lord, that we can turn to you. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. As we're singing that song, Sydney said, you know, think about the think about his goodness. You know, we we each know individually the specifics of God's goodness to us. And um, as we as I begin to focus on his goodness, everything that came to me were times of suffering. Mm. Were times of suffering. And I remember the day we moved out of the mobile home. And the Lord has given us such a beautiful home as our forever home. And the story of how he brought us to it is awesome. But the movers came, and they're moving us out of our mobile home, and, and um, our bedroom was empty, and the big bathroom off the side of it, and the mobile home, and the Holy Spirit just came upon me, and I began praying in the Spirit, and I began weeping, and weeping, and weeping, and praying in the Spirit, and he came in, he said, what is wrong with you? I thought you hated this place, and I just, I didn't know what was coming over me, and I just began to speak, and I said, he's everywhere, he's everywhere, Jason, there's bits and pieces of my flesh, and there's bits and pieces of my heart spattered all over these walls, I suffered here, I wept here and he came and he stripped off of me things that I didn't even know needed to be taken away and it hurt it hurt it hurt and I would go into that bathroom and I would weep and I would worship and I would pray in the spirit and I'd turn on the shower so that the children couldn't hear me and so that he would leave me alone and not follow me and try to talk to me and I the Lord did work in that place but that was a place of suffering. That was a place of suffering for me. And that was a place of hardship for him. And if you talk to my children, it was a place of great joy because that's the goodness of God. That is the goodness of God. And the work he did in that place, the pruning, the work that he did in that place, it hurt. It hurt. But there's no other time in my life that I can point to and tangibly see the goodness of God at work in my life. Yes, it's goodness to hold a newborn baby and it's, it's goodness to, to, 
to partake of the beautiful property that he took us to. And I do sit there and I thank him and my heart rejoices in him. But oh, how I met and how I lived in communion with my Savior in that little bathroom in the mobile home park of Gerard. He does amazing work. His goodness are in those moments. He's good. And when this song, there's a, is like no better moment than in the midst of suffering to put your arms out wide and declare his goodness. Amen. What is faith? Amen. That is faith. Amen. When we hold on fast to who he is in the midst of, 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 a, of a differing feeling, of a different feeling, we don't feel the goodness. I certainly didn't feel the goodness. Um, but I felt the comfort. I felt the communion with him. But now I stand here and I feel the goodness of God. And this week, this week, the Lord has really been impressing upon me the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The whole sufficiency of the blood of Jesus. How our faith is our faith in the, the atoning work of the blood of Jesus 100% plus nothing else. When we stand before the Lord someday... And we, we, we give an account. Why, why ought we be, enter into the Father's kingdom? If the words out of our mouth start with the word I, we are in trouble. Mm. I walked by faith. Wrong answer. Mm. I, I, stayed, I stayed true when others were deceived. Mm. Wrong answer. Mm. I, I, I. It's all the wrong answer because the only answer is the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's the blood of Jesus. It's a hundred percent the blood of Jesus and zero percent us. It's a hundred percent the blood of Jesus. And if we really believe, if we really believe, and if we really have, if we really believe that's true, then we live our lives differently. We live our lives with a measure of humility, with a measure of of um, of heartbreak. For others, they need Jesus. We need Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord gave me a scripture this morning out of Matthew 16. It says, if anyone desires to come after me, are we desiring to come after him? It says, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. These are the words of Jesus. He's calling. He's saying, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. You may be in a situation that seems like I'm not there, but I'm there. Keep following me. Keep following me. Keep following me. And my brother, I don't know how you guys orchestrated where he would be singing those words of that song. They were for you this morning. He is never going to let you down, Andy. He is never going to let you down. The moment you started singing that, I said, it's for you. It's for him. He's the one singing, and it's for you. He's never going to let you down, no matter what situation you're facing, no matter what's going on with your mom, your grandfather, your family. He is never going to let you down. And he wants you to know that this morning. He is never going to let you down. It goes for all of us. He is never going to let you down. It may seem like you're in a situation where he's let you down. He is never going to let you down. He is there to grow you and to help you and to lead you and to guide you, to mold you and to shape you. Take up your cross and follow him this morning. Take up your cross and follow him this morning. We're going to come to the communion table.
And maybe you're going to tell me what the instructions, because uh, I just forget them every week. But we're going to just come to this table, because as she was saying, the blood of Jesus, the body broken, the blood shed, it's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Our trust and our faith has to be with what he did right there, what Jesus did for us right there. Okay, let me think about it for a minute. Um, there are three tables. Um, these two side sections, you're going to come into, this, into these side aisles. They are one way coming forward. The center aisle is one way headed back. So if you're in the back sections of, of these two bigger sections, you're going to come to the center and head back to the communion cable and then circle back around to your seat. Side sections in front, you're going to come forward and then circle back to your seats in that direction. Um, you guys can come forward and take your elements, pick them up, hold on to them when you get back to your seats because we're going to partake of them together. That's right. There's two cups, so just pick up both cups together. Bread's on the bottom, juice is on top. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it says, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Man, that's a strong statement. So what do we do? Verse 28 says, But let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let's just take a moment and examine ourselves. As He's working in our life, as the Holy Spirit is revealing things to us, maybe it's something we need to repent of. It's agreement that we made that is not of Him. Maybe we've been trusting in ourselves and our own works for our salvation. <laughs> That's not what the Bible says. By grace and grace alone, by his bloodshed. He paid the price. He did the work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for these elements. We thank you for what they represent. We're thankful that we can come and remember what you've done. May we never forget. May we never forget. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks. He broke and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It says in the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup 
is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you that you are a good, good Father, that you are our Heavenly Father, and we worship you today. We worship you on Father's Day, the great Father, the great I Am. We worship you today. We give you all the honor, all the praise, all the glory to your name. We worship you. Amen. Let us worship. Stand with me and let's worship. All right, good morning, church. Good morning, good morning. Thank you. I wasn't sure if you wanted me to do it. I thought maybe not. Even though it's Father's Day, I would have done it for you. Just waiting for my pulpit. That's all right. Make him do a little. He's going to go home tonight and, or today and be treated like a king. That's what happens when you have lots of daughters, like a king. When we had Jairus, everyone was like, oh, finally a boy for Jason. I was just like, Jason is lacking no, no good thing here. And that boy loves me. It just like, it's just a whole nother thing. And it's just like a whole nother way. So yeah, the girls love their dad. He'll be, it's okay that he had to move the pulpit himself, make him do a little work. All right, church, a couple announcements for you this morning. Um, Youth night is Sunday, June 28th at 6 p.m. On that same night, the Luciano group will be up here in the sanctuary at 6.30. So if you have a teenager or are a teenager, come to youth night. Um, Even if you're, I I think the last time we had one graduate that had come, she's still under like 19 or 20. So, um, but she came and that was wonderful to see her and to have her as well. Um, And we had about 15 students. We had good food, worship, um, played pool, played ping pong. It was was a lot of fun. Um, That's for grades 6 through 12. Um, so if you are a teenager, have a teenager, go ahead and bring them out on the 28th at 6. And then you can stay, adults, at 6.30, um, 6.30 to 8, then is the Luciano group that meets right here in the sanctuary. It's really good teaching. They don't have food, but they have spiritual food. So fill, fill your belly before you come. You fill your spirit when you get here. But I will feed the kids, the, the teens. So, um, so that is the 28th. Other small groups that are meeting are Women to Women and Spirited Sisters on June 27th. That's on um, Saturday, the Saturday before. So just want to remind you that those two women's groups are meeting. Um, And then if you're a first-time guest, I welcome you. We love to have you. Um, If you are a first-time guest with a child and you didn't head to Kid Corner, there are guest bags over there. If your child needs a bag um, to help them get through sermon and enjoy the sermon, um, that's what those are there for. uh, and also, if you want more information or just to let us know that you're here, you can send your information to info at ecfchurch.org. Um, if you have prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies, we love testimonies. God is so good and he's so faithful. Um, you can send those to prayer at ecfchurch.org. And that is all I have. Pastor Jason, do you want me to stay up here with you or go down? Okay, thank you. All right, guys, I just want to give a quick update on a couple things, uh, and then we have a Father's Day video uh, that we'll show before I give my message. Uh, a couple things. I just, you know, this has been a 
interesting time, of course, in our country. Interesting things have been happening. And I just want you guys to understand and know as a church that we stand up for those. We stand up for those who really are, have a difficult time standing up for themselves sometimes. And we stand up for those who are getting persecuted unjustly. And we stand for moral values. Amen? We stand for biblical values. We stand for the unborn child. And we stand for those who are, are people who are coming against them for no other reason other than the color of their skin. And we stand for those who are police officers, our law enforcement, who are serving us day in and day out. And we stand for them as a church. We're not taking political sides. We're not doing it for because it's a Democratic thing or a Republican thing. We are standing for those who need someone to stand with them and to support them and to pray for them. And, you know, this week a couple of things have been going on, but what I wanted to do, I wanted to give you a great testimony of something we did as a church uh, that was spearheaded by Pastor Pam, and I want to talk about it in a minute. But what Liz and I were talking about is, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we got up here and, and we were, Liz was really sharing her heart about uh, the George Floyd incident and what had happened, and some th- very practical things that we can go do as a church, that we can go do as individuals. And it was just like, well, we haven't said anything about those things. I said, you know what? I'm going to remind people of the four things because these are very, very good things that we all can do, that we can do on a daily basis. And because a lot of talk with no action really goes nowhere. Amen? Faith without action is dead. So God continuously is calling us to take action. Well, the four things that we encourage our church to do, I'm going to just remind you of those things to encourage you again to step up and to do something. Number one was to pray against the spirit of fear and hatred. Church, we need to be saved. We had a prayer night, a worship and healing and prayer night, uh, Saturday night, a week ago or so, and it was just a powerful move of God. We need to stand in our, in our own prayer times. We need to stand with other believers, but we need to pray against the spirit of fear and the spirit of hatred. Because you know, guys, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Amen? We wrestle against those powers, those principalities of darkness. And we need to continue to do that and not forget that no matter what we see on the TV or on Twitter or however we get our news feeds, I get it from Twitter, however we get our news feeds, we have to say, you know what, I'm going to pray against the spirit of fear and hatred. Number two, we had to teach our children to be brave enough to risk themselves to save another, even when no one else is willing. We need to train our children up. I'm going to talk a little bit about this in my message, about what it means, what does leadership really mean, what does fatherhood mean, and this message applies to every single person, young and old, male or female, father or not a father. The message I have today, it goes along these same lines. We need to teach our children to be brave. We need to tell the ones that you love that you love them. You have to actually tell those people that you love, that you love them, that you're there with them, that you're praying with them, and that when their heart is grieving, your heart is grieving. Because guys, this is, our, this is our people, right? Our church family, those that God has put in our life. I'm not asking you to reach out to someone that you don't know, that you've never met before, but God has placed people in your life that you get to minister to, that you get to encourage, that you get to pray for, that you get to have a sit down and have a conversation. Is, what are you feeling in this situation? That's what we're encouraging each and every one of you guys to do, and ourselves, and ourselves as well. Then the last one was guard your heart from hatred, for hatred begets evil every single time. We have to continually to guard our heart. Put it through the filter of Jesus when you're watching the news. Put it through what is Jesus feeling in this situation? What is he, what is his reaction? What is his response? And what should our response be as well? 
So we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Well, this week, Pastor Pam, uh, she really felt on her heart that we need to do something to bless the uh, police officers that serve our area and our county. And we were able to go and bless the Mill Creek Community Police Department this week. And I'll tell you what, Pastor Pam and where's Bob and Jan Anderson, you guys were there. Pastor Jim was there. Now, they had to leave for Maine. Please keep Pastor in your prayers for his father has passed away uh, this past, I think it was Thursday. Thursday. It was just on Thursday, so they left town. But you know how how the Spirit of God works? So God gave Pastor Pan this idea, and let's get some thank you chocolates and write a very nice note thanking our law enforcement officers for serving us. And then they texted us and said, hey, why don't you, Jason and Liz, you guys and some of your kids, meet us at the police department on Thursday morning and be able to deliver these things. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to them and said, you know what? Pastor Jim's father's not doing well. They got a phone call, and they said, you know what? We're going to leave on Wednesday. And they went up on Wednesday. You know how it worked out? That they were there by his side when Pastor Jim's father passed away. So I find that absolutely amazing that God just orchestrated that thing. But he gave Pastor Pam that idea. And we were able to, along with the Andersons and then us and then Dale also, the principal came. And we were able to deliver those chocolates to those police officers. Two guys came out to represent, Officer Mook, and I don't remember the other guy's name, but we just talked with them. We told them we support them. We're here for them. If they need something to let us know, and we just, and then we got a chance to pray for them. We got a chance to pray, and we prayed over them, those two officers of representation of the whole Mill Creek Police Department, and it was an amazing experience. It was a great thing, and I'll tell you, the takeaway for us was There are things that God has burdened and put on each and every one of your hearts that he is calling you to take a step up and to take action on. And I don't know what it is. And Liz and I can't come up with every idea and say, hey, we have an idea. Who wants to join us? No, so many times, that's one way to see leadership happen. But a lot of times it's to empower people to say, you know what, Pastor Jason, I have an idea. I've got an action I want to go take. This is what Pastor Pam did. Will you join me? Will you help me? Will you partner with me so that we can go do this? And we did. And it happened. And so I'm encouraging you guys, if there's stuff that you have in your heart that you're saying, the Lord has just been pressing on me, that this is something I need to go do, something I need to talk to you guys. Doors are open. Call us, email us. We want to partner with you. We want to help you, equip you to do the work that God has called you guys to go do, to do the work of the ministry. Amen? Amen. Okay, I just want to just say a scripture over uh, this offering, and then we're going to watch this video, and we'll pray for dads here. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 12. It says, the Lord will open to you his good treasure. Amen. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain into your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. I'll tell you what, church, if there's ever a time where we feel the Lord calling, not just the church, but individuals, to get out of debt, it's right now. And I'm not going to get all the reasons why I believe that at, the, at this moment, and we will be doing a series in the future will help explain some of this stuff, but I'm telling you, I need you guys to be in prayer 
does the Lord want you guys, I believe he does, to be debt free. And I believe that each and every one of us need to be taking actions and step towards that. And we also have a generations campaign at the church where we are asking people to partner with us to pay down this debt, to pay off this mortgage. Because I'll tell you what, in a couple years, I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't want any debt hanging around any of our necks because I want to be able to do what God has called us to go do, be able to move where God has called us to move and interact and to do whatever he is asking us to go do. I want to be ready to do that. This building is a blessing, and it will continue to be a blessing for as long as God wants it to be a blessing, and maybe till his return. I don't know all the details, but I really feel in my heart I needed to encourage you guys to just be in prayer and ask him, what, what steps do I need to take to be debt-free in my own life? And is he asking you to partner with us and this church and the Generations Campaign, which is on the offering envelope, to partner with us to be debt-free at this church as well? I don't know if you know, we took a lot of changes, we made a lot of changes, had to make a lot of difference so that we could take every, every dollar, 90 cents of every dollar that comes in on generations and put it towards the capital campaign and to pay off our debt. And I say 90 cents because the other 10 cents goes into a blessing fund so we can bless people or the, for those who are in need. Because I want to train us up how to begin to bless and get used to that. It's great to pay off debt, but you know what? I want to bless people in the process. And so that's why just my encouragement to you today. Let me pray over the offering, and we'll look at this video. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are calling us to a higher level in every area of our lives. Father, you are calling us to be debt-free at this church. You are calling Liz and I to be debt-free in our own lives. And I believe you're calling many others to do the same. So, Father, I ask that you lead us and guide us. I pray for financial miracles. I pray for promotions, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will just orchestrate and move in our finances like you've never moved before. And Father, we're believing even in difficult economic times and things where we don't see how things are going to happen, we're going to trust you with our finances. For you are a good Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Watch this video with me. Let's just pray. I want to pray for the fathers uh, that are here this morning. So if, if, you're a, if you're a father or a dad, if you guys just stand up, I'm not going to ask you to come up. Just stand up where you, where you are right now. I just want to pray for you. Those that are around uh, them, if you guys could just either stretch your hands out to them or even lay your hands on them if you're right by them, especially if it's part of your family, I just ask that you lay hands on them. You know, dads need prayer. Fathers need prayer. Grandparents need prayer. Amen. We all need prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for all these men that are standing. Father, strengthen them. Lead them. Guide them. Father, they may be the spiritual leaders you've called them to be. Father, may it be the strength and the rock that you've called them to be within their families, within the generations, within the grandchildren. Father, I ask that you would bless them. Father, I ask that you would strengthen them beyond measure. Father, I ask that you would heal them. Father, I ask that you would heal wounded hearts this morning as they're standing and thinking of even their own father and wounds that may have been there from their own fathers. I pray that you heal them now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And Father, I just ask that you would give these men a boldness to lead as you've called them to lead in every sphere of influence that you've given them. 
Strengthen them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Well, we're going to pick up in our uh, series, and we're calling it the, the Spirit is called the Holy Spirit, and we've been walking through different job descriptions or job responsibilities of the Holy Spirit, and the week one, I kind of laid out all four of them, the four major ones, and today I want to talk a little bit more about He leads us, He teaches us, and He guides us, because you know what? As leaders... As moms, as dads, as men, as women, and every, like I said, this message is for everybody, including specifically for fathers as well, that he leads us, the Holy Spirit leads us, and I'm going to look at some scriptures that helps us to be able to rely on that promise. The first one is John 14, John 14, verse 15 through 17, John 14, verse 15 through 17, it says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth. He will abide with us forever, the Spirit of truth, giving us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Each and every one of us, as God has called us to some sphere of influence that you have. He has put you in some sphere of influence. And what he's saying is to this is he is there to lead us and to guide us, to speak to us, to show us the way. John 14, 26. I'm going to skip that one back there, Tim. Go to the next one. John 14, 26 says, but the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name... Our Heavenly Father has sent us a helper to be better fathers. Our Heavenly Father sent us a helper to be better mothers. Our Heavenly Father sent us a helper to be better employees, to be better children, to be better whatever it is. He sent the Holy Spirit to be able to help us. He's called the helper. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Come on, church. This is the job description, part of the, Holy, the, part of the job description of the Holy Spirit. So me may be sitting here saying, man, I, I've not been a good father. I've made some mistakes. Well, guess what, guys? Join the club. We've made mistakes. But he redeems. He restores. And it's never too late. It's never too late. He is calling each and every one of us to action because it's never too late. So I was able to attend the uh, men's conference yesterday uh, called Man Up, and it was put on, it's out of Pittsburgh, uh, but they, they simulcasted it here, we were able to watch it in the Rose Center, I think it was about 14 or 15 of us men watching it yesterday, and as I was watching it, it was like they were preaching my message. The guy got up and he started talking about all the stuff I'm talking about today, and I was like, hey, look at this. This is great confirmation. So I'm happy to see that some of the men who were there yesterday actually came back this morning, because I think I told you guys yesterday, I was just like, hey, you know, you kind of already heard the message, but I encourage you to come back anyway, because of course I'll deliver it in a little bit different fashion than what was said. But here's what, something I want you guys to understand. I truly believe that one of the biggest issues in America next to us needing Jesus is that fathers are either absent from the home or they're just not existence in the, in the home at all. Disengaged and absent fathers is absolutely one of the biggest challenges that we have in this country. 
And they started giving some statistics, and I had some of my own, and I'm going to combine them with some of the ones from yesterday. You know that 71% of dropouts come from homes that don't have a father figure. 71% of teen pregnancies from a home without a father figure. 85% of the youth that are in prison are from homes that don't have a father figure. 90% of the homeless and runaways are from homes that don't have a father figure. Men, our role is so critically important. And even if you're stepping up within your own family, there are families out there who do not have, there's children out there who do not have father figures in their life. And I believe that God will be, he will lead you, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to those families that need a father figure in their life. I can't believe, when I read these statistics, I can't believe how important this stuff is. I said, Lord, what do you want me to share? This is so important. How do you want me to share it? And he gave me a scripture, John 5, verse 19, starting in verse 19. It says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. And the Lord just really began to speak to me. He said, I was the model. When Jesus was on this earth, God the Father was the model. Do you know, men, that you are the model for your family? And he asked me this question. If Jesus did everything that the Father did, and acted, and talked, and spoke, and did what the Father did, what if our children only did, and acted, and said what we said as the Father figure in the home? And I was just like, oh man. (laughs) Really? But guess what, guys? I have found this to be true. I have found this to be true in my own home. That my children are a reflection of us. This, moms, this goes for you guys too. Our children are a reflection. When we see something in our children that we don't like, guess what? We probably should look in the mirror because they're usually, almost 90% of the time, reflecting something back to us that's in us. And that we're looking at ourselves going, ah, I don't like that in them. Yeah, because you don't like that in yourself and that's why you see it. And so it's a reflection that comes right back at us. What if our families only did and said what they saw us do and say? As a leader in business, as a leader, what if your employees acted and did and said only what you acted and did and said? Wow. What a reality to begin to think about. You know, God gave me, this was a while back, he gave me four things that he was going to hold me accountable to when I meet him face to face. And I encourage you to ask that same question. It may not be four things, it may be one thing, I don't know, but wouldn't it be nice to know what Jesus is going to ask you about when you meet him face to face? 
<laughs> like, I was like, I want to know this. And so I asked him. And the very first thing he said is said, did you do it together? Meaning, this life that I've called you to, did you do it together with your wife? And then he said to me, did you develop your kids in me and in their talents? Did you develop your children in me, meaning in him, and in their talents? And then he said, did you share what I've shown you, this is number three, in marriage and parenting and leadership? And then he said, number four, did you give above and beyond what you could ever ask, think, or imagine? And as I was looking at those things, God put them in godly order. Of course, my relationship with him is first, but the very first thing he's going to ask me about is my marriage. He's not going to ask me about how I led this church. That's not the first thing he's going to, he's going to hold me accountable to that, but that's not the first thing he's going to ask me about. He's going to ask me about this relationship right here. How did this go? Did you do what I've called you to do here? Then he's going to ask me about the church, my calling. No, he's going to ask me about my children. Did you train them up? Did you develop them? In me, meaning in him, in his ways. And in the callings that I have placed on their life. And then, only then, will he start asking me about the actual calling that he gave me or the job or the things that he asked me to go do here on this earth. First my marriage. Then my kids. Then the calling. So I've been wrestling with this definition of leadership. And I'm going to give you guys what I believe is, I'm going to call this PJ's definition of leadership. PJ is Pastor Jason Ackerman. In the office, we're known as PJ and Pila. That's right, PJ Pila. It's easy for people to say it's quick and easy. We usually sign our emails that way as well. So this is PJ's definition of leadership. And I believe it applies to each and every one of us. I want you to listen to what I wrote down. It is to provide direction. And by direction, I mean vision, I mean hope, and expectations. It is to provide direction, resources, which is training, money, whatever it might be, and remove roadblocks. Listen to this. Part of leadership, part of leading in your family, part of leading in your home and your, is to remove the roadblocks that are in front of your employees, in front of your children. For those who are in your realm of inf- influence, so they can be effective today and can fulfill their calling tomorrow. Our job as a leader is to provide direction resources, and to remove roadblocks so that those people who are in our realm of influence, wherever they might be, can be effective today and be moving towards their calling for tomorrow. I mean, this is what leadership is. I know there's so many books that are written about it, and there's so many things that goes into this sentence and what this looks like and what this means. And I want to talk about three things of what I believe this means this morning and what it means for each and every one of us. Because guess what? You guys are all leaders in some way, shape, or form. Leadership is not a title. If you notice how I say it, it's who is in your realm and sphere of influence. 
There are people that I've worked with that have been bigger and better leaders than those who are two levels above them. Because they understood this principle. Fathers, we need to understand this principle to provide direction, but the resources for our family. To remove roadblocks for our family. To do what? To get our family to be able to be effective in working towards their calling. Where God has them going. Where he has them placed. And I really feel like the Lord just began to share with me, you know, we, we call Jesus as the good shepherd. And as a, as a pastor of a church, we are kind of his under-shepherds. But you know, as leaders, you are the shepherd of those that God has placed in your sphere of influence. Especially fathers, men. You are the shepherd, the chief shepherd of your home, of your house. So I have three things. The very first one that we need to do as leaders, as fathers, as mothers, as employees, as, as, uh, as employers, number one is to value your people. Value your people. Romans 12, 10 says this. It says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Are you valuing the people who are around you? Are you valuing the people in your home? What do you mean by value them? Do their feelings actually matter? When they speak, will you take a moment to actually listen to them? When they want to share something that is from the bottom of their heart, will you blow them off or will you take a minute and listen to them? Will you treat them if they are one of God's children? When we value something, we take care of it. Do we not? If you truly value something, you're going to take care of it. You're going to try to keep it safe. And what I found ultimately about trying to keep something safe is that ultimately it's in God's hands. And so we value it and we want to protect it, but ultimately God is the ultimate protector of the things that he has placed in our care. But when we value something, we invest time into it. We invest effort into it. We protect it. We speak kindly to it and about it. When you value somebody, the way your words are spoken means actually more than what's actually spoken. When we speak to somebody with unkind words, I'll tell you what, it's almost like they can't even hear what you're saying. When we value something, we speak life over it. Do you know what, guys? Men, our children will become exactly who we've spoken them to be. Our children become exactly who we have spoken them to be. As we speak scriptures over them, as we speak life over them, as we speak these things, they, now you may not see it right away. You may be like, I haven't, it's not happening yet. I haven't seen it. But as you begin to speak it into their lives, I and mean, we have seen it over and over in our lives. We have spoken into our kids' lives and spoken them as we want them to be and as we want them to see, and they, have, and they become this. We value them. We engage with them, their hopes, their dreams, their cares, and their concerns. There's a great quote, I think it's from John Maxwell's, people will not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Do you value those around you? Do you value them? Dads, are you valuing your family? Practically is this. You can ask yourself each day, did I value someone today? Did I take time to listen to them? Did I apologize to them? 
You know, we can apologize to our kids. You know how far an apology goes? I gave that testimony last, last week about Dave and his apology. You know, sometimes we think when we, when we offend or we make offense to another adult, we feel like, oh, I need to go apologize to that person. When was the last time you apologized to your kid? Just a question for you to think about. When was the last time you apologized to your son or to your daughter? If you value them, are you considering what they're watching? Are you considering what games they're playing on their phones or on your phone that they're using? Are you considering who their friends are? If you value them, you will take time and listen to them. Number two, will you sacrifice for them? Will you sacrifice for them? Will you value them? Will you sacrifice for them? John 15, 12. So that this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved. Greater love has none than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. To lay down one's life. Do you know this, I mean, guys, moms, leaders, I started this in my notes. If we would focus more on seeing those under us succeed, we would be a lot better off. If your focus was not on your own success, but your focus was on the success of those in your realm of influence, do you know that God will help you just be be a success? You don't have to worry about your own success. When we look to help other people succeed, when you look to help your kids succeed in their callings, For those who have employees, when you look at them and say, you know what, my job as your leader is to help you succeed and to do what what God is calling you to go do. It changes everything. And too often, we, as leaders, we think about our own responsibility. Say, well, I need to do this and I need to do that. But if we turned our attention off of ourselves and turned it to saying, how can I help this person be successful? It begins to change everything in our lives. I've seen this before. I've read it. It's something for you guys to think about. Is when our children, our employees, those who are around you, your sphere of influence, is your ceiling their floor? Think about that for a minute. Is your ceiling where you can get to, is that their floor? Meaning they are going to be on your shoulders going to the next level. And if we could begin to think that way about the people around us and begin to sacrifice our wants, our desires, our wills, our careers, our promotions for those who are under us or those who are with us, God will take care of the rest. God ends up taking care of the rest of it. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? He came and sacrificed for us and God took care of the rest. He laid his life down and then God rose him up. If we lay down our lives for those who are in our life, God will raise us up. We don't have to be worried about what it means for us if we can just focus on them. What does it mean for them? And I hope my dad's watching today because, man, my dad, happy Father's Day, Dad, he was a perfect example of this. He made sacrifice after sacrifice to spend time with me, 
to play wiffle ball with me, to play baseball, to play football, to play basketball, all of these different things. He sacrificed for that. I'll never forget it. And I just thanked him the other day for it because it means so much to me. But guys, we have an opportunity to do that. Moms, we have an opportunity to do that. What does this mean practically? It means choosing to go outside and play wiffle ball instead of reading the next chapter of that book. You may not want to go outside and play wiffle ball. You may not want to go outside and play cornhole or whatever, you know, we grew up playing quates. Anybody know what quates are? Oh, look at this. Yeah, this is an eastern Pennsylvania game. I think we need to bring quates to western PA. Amen. It's not a prophetic word. I'm just saying we're probably going to buy some quates. Okay. <laughs> what, so what can we do? So are we choosing to invest in the development of those who are in our, our realm of influence? Are you, will you sacrifice and go to bed five minutes later to sit there and listen to your child and what they have to say about the day? This one's tough for me because you know what? By the end of the day, I'm just like, ugh, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to listen anymore about anything else, but anyone has to say, you know, I just want to be done with this. But you know, it's proven over and over that kids really begin to open up right first thing in the morning and right before they go to bed. So what I'm telling you is that we are missing opportunities because you know what? I'm just tired. I just want to lay down. I just want to watch whatever. I want to read whatever. Are you willing to sacrifice for those who are around you? And the last one is to train them. Do you see training as a priority in your life? Men, we are spiritual leaders of our home. Training, I think so often we don't quite understand what it looks like or what it means. But let me tell you what it means. It means what we allow today becomes accepted tomorrow. If we are not training our children in certain things and we are allowing behaviors, if in our employees we're allowing things just to slip by, because we only want to tell them what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. That what we begin to accept today becomes normal tomorrow. Church, this is happening in our society. It happens in our homes. We need to stand up and train those around us in biblical principles, in biblical values, in what it means to be obedient. When they're little, when they're young, and it's never too late, guys. It's never too late. You know, I've written this down. I've talked at many different things from a leadership perspective. Is employees fail for several reasons. I believe kids have challenges for several reasons. And it's almost always not because they're bad people. It's because there are unclear expectations, not enough resources, or not enough training. This is why people fail in their jobs. It was unclear what they were supposed to go do. They did not have enough resources to do their job, or they actually weren't trained to do their job. And we, as leaders of our homes and of our families, we need to see our children that way. They're acting up. They're not, what, do they understand the expectation that we have on them? Have they been trained to do the actual job, or do we just yell at them when they don't do it right? Are we training our children? Sometimes they need course correction. Sometimes they need to have a better understanding of what's expected. Do they know how to ask 
somebody for forgiveness? Do they know how to study the Bible? I mean, I have to ask myself that. Pastor of the church, do my kids know how to study the Bible on their own? Do those people that God has put in my sphere of influence, do they know how to study the Bible? These are things he's calling us as leaders to be able to go do. We are, whether we know it or not, leading more by what we do than by what we say. So practically, have we empowered somebody today to reach their full potential? There's a simple method here on how we can do it. It goes like this. It says, watch me do it. Do it with me. You do it, and I'll watch, and now do it on your own. It's a very simple process. But those who we're training, those in our lives, even our children, they have to see us do it. We have to do it alongside them. We have to allow them to do it, and then we coach them in what they're doing, and then we have to allow them to do it on their own. I think too often as leaders and as parents, we do for those who are in our realm of influence what they should be doing for themselves. Let me say that again. Too often we do for those others what they need to be doing for themselves. He said, well, you just said sacrifice for them. You just said value them. Yeah, actually loving them and sacrificing them is making them do the things that they need to go do. You know, sometimes we pray and we ask for God to move in our life and we say, God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do this. And he's often saying, I've given you the power and authority to actually do it. Why don't you do it? He gave us the authority to bound and to loosen. He gave us so much authority in just the same way in our lives. Are we doing for our kids what they should be doing for themselves? Are we doing for our employees what they should be doing for themselves? And when we do that, we're actually hurting them. We're not actually not allowing them to step up and to be the person who God has called them to be. To fulfill the, the, the need that might be in the family. We have a practical example of this, man. I, I'll tell you what, man, I can do dishes with the best of them. I mean, I can, do so, I can do dishes quick. I can do dishes well. I've been doing dishes, like, for so many years. And finally we realized, was like, hold on a second. There are very capable children in this family who can be doing some of these dishes. And it's not that they've never done dishes before, but it was just like this, this eye-opening experience that says, whoa, hold on a second. Why am I doing the dishes? And the kids are off, you know, reading and playing. And doing, hold on a second. Let's start bringing those who are able and capable and train them up and set a high expectation on them. Can, I think so often our youth and our kids are raised, are they're actually meeting the level of expectation we put on them, which is actually really low. Could we raise the level of expectation of those who are in our, our realm of influence? Worship team, if you guys could just come back up here, we're just going to, they're just going to kind of play softly behind me. I know it's Father's Day, and I wanted to give a message that that would help you understand and under, and see both as men and as fathers how we need to lead our family. 
by valuing them, sacrificing them, and training them. But I wanted this to be applicable to every person that was sitting here, no matter your age. Because God has callings on our life. He has things that he has asked you to go do. Things that he is calling us to go do. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that he can help us get there. I want to tell you this, guys. It's never too late. I encourage you to take one step today. Whatever it might be, of all the things I've said, whether it be valuing somebody more, sacrificing for somebody, training somebody, apologizing to somebody, going outside for an extra five minutes, listening to them for an extra three minutes before they go to bed, whatever it might be, I ask that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in taking one step closer to being the leader that he's called each and every one of us to be. I just feel a sense I just want to pray for you guys today. I know the time is running late. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. Father, we thank you for everything that you've done during this service. For every challenge, for every touch of healing, for being in your presence. So Father, I ask now that you would strengthen us. Strengthen us to be leaders in our realms of influence. Strengthen us to value people. Strengthen us to sacrifice and strengthen us to train. Father, I thank you, Lord, that it's never too late. That we've all made mistakes, but you have forgiven them. And Father, we repent for the mistakes that we've made. We put them in the past, we leave them there. And we take a step into the future. We take one step closer to being the leader you've called us to be. And Father, I just thank you that you have created each and every one of us in your image with unique giftings and callings and talents. And Father, may our focus be put on others to help them reach their full potential. And you'll take care of the rest for us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Honey, if you want to come up here. So guys, we've got, uh, we're not going to do a whole response song, but I'm going to have some prayer leaders up here, right here, here, and Liz and I will be here. I'm going to give a benediction and we'll close the service. So if you need prayer for anything in your life, I just ask that you guys come up here. The worship team maybe will just play gently in the background. But I'll read this benediction and dismiss us. But do you have anything else you want to share with us, Ben? Sure. I always do. Is on? There you go. Okay. Just this. If you 
men, if you, if you have that partner, if you have that wife, if you are in this together, then I just want to tell you, as he was talking, you see, the only way I know how to do this is just to give you the example from our own life. This guy errs on the side of love. He, he errs on the side of love. He errs on the side of doing all the dishes while we all go and do whatever we want. That's, that's, there's like this spectrum. He started in his sermon, he started with love and sacrifice and then training. I come in heavy on training and sometimes I'm light on love. And I think a lot of times now, I don't, I don't know if that's representative of most families. That wasn't the family I grew up in, in the family I grew up in, in most of the families, I, I often see the dads being heavy on the training, the rules, the respect you know, this is how you need to be. This is the way it is. And you get a smack in the back of the head if you, if, if you don't fall in line. I mean, that's just, yeah. I don't think people really do that. I pray not. And then mom comes and it's like, oh, you know, let's love. Let's love. Let's sacrifice. Let's love. But what I want to say is that any which way, when you put them together, when you go into it together and you honestly will take counsel from one another, when you will take honest like account of what the other one brings, you know, his love softened my training and my training got him out of the kitchen sink and said, listen, I need time with you. They can do the dishes. They can't be my husband. Let them do the dishes. Let's us go for a walk. When we get back, we'll all be together as a family. And honestly, um, not that you need all these details, but we had a dishwasher that worked and we just decided to stop using it. And the way we got the kids to do the dishes, well, we, we did dishes together as a family for at least six to nine months together before we slowly handed it over to them. This wasn't something that we just, well, Pastor Jason said we need to train the kids. All right, you're going to do the dishes from now on. That is not love and sacrifice. It is, you can't go down one avenue without going down all the avenues, you know. Um, so I just, that, that was all I wanted to add is that you're not fathering by yourself. You know, you're leading, yes, but God is with you and for you. Jesus is our example, and he came in love and sacrifice first. And trained up as well. But mothers and fathers, we're doing this together. And there has to be together. Did you do it together? Did you do it together? So that's what I wanted to share. Let me just say this benediction over you guys, and then we'll release you guys to go. And if you've got a prayer request, they'll be up here to pray with you. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful... And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Can we stir up some love and good works this week, church? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. Exhorting one another. Dads, can we exhort our family? Encourage them this week. And so much more as you see the day approaching. The day of the coming of our Lord is what he's talking about. That day is approaching, church. We need to rise up and be who God has called us to be as leaders in our homes, in our community, and in every sphere of influence that he has placed us. So, Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're doing. Pray a blessing over each person, each family, those who are watching online, those who are here. We thank you for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. You are dismissed. There's people up here for prayer.